a line jumped out, Adrian, in your prayer, thanking God for blessings and trials. And that really struck me because as I've been studying this week, that is kind of the direction that the message went. And so it seemed like just an affirmation from God that we're going in a good place today. It was summer. As a kid growing up, one of my favorite things to do in summer was when we would get together and would start playing softball. I was not a baseball guy growing up at the time I did as an Adventist. You know, baseball just, it was hard to play. But softball, there was lots of times to play softball. And this summer was no different for this young gentleman. Uh, A guy was out walking enjoying the summer parks, and he came upon a Little League baseball game. And as he approached, the, he saw a little a young, a young player in the dugout kind of leaning on his bat, looking anxious, looking ready to go, and he comes up and just is like, hey, how's it going? What's the score? And the boy looks at him and says, it's 18 to nothing. We're losing. And, you know, at this point, the guy is, is always is like, you know, sorry he asked. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. That must be a bad situation. And the kid looks at him and says, a bad situation? We haven't even got up to bat yet. <laughs> Today, as we look at the story that we find in Matthew chapter 4. The story found in the first 11 verses of Jesus going out to be tempted. Last week we looked at John the Baptist and his ministry leading up to Jesus' baptism. And the Bible says that as Jesus left the baptism, he went into the wilderness. And we're going to be looking at that. But as I was looking at that this week, an interesting concept started to appear in my mind, and that was the concept of hope. And the concept of hope, like that little boy who had faith and hope that when his team got up to bat, the score would quickly fix itself. This misplaced hope sometimes in our lives. We, we see things and all hope disappears. Because we cannot see a way through what lies ahead. But hope is a powerful thing. Hope is power. It is amazing. And it is one of the the things that I think God wants us to have most. In 1 Corinthians, we always focus on love. But love is a factor of faith and hope. And hope is important. One more story as we get started. I love this story. I probably told it at Pine Hills once or twice, so if you've heard it, I apologize. But there's a story of some researchers. And these researchers, as they wanted, as all researchers do, wanted to do an experiment and wanted to use rats because rats are the best thing to experiment on, apparently. And so the experiment was they filled up two tubs of water Researchers are cruel, 
and they dump some rats into the water. And there's no way for the rats to climb out, and so the rats had to swim. And so around in circles they swam, trying to claw their way out. Couldn't do it. One bucket, the rats were left to swim. And they did not make it more than an hour. By the end of an hour, those rats had moved on in their life and were now going to be dissected or something. But the other tub, the other tub, periodically in that first hour, the researchers would come in and pick the rats up, hold them for just a moment, and then put them back. The rats that they picked up periodically swam in the bucket for over 24 hours. And it was not because of the rest they received in those few moments. The rats had hope that their situation was going to change. And so they kept fighting through. Hope is a powerful thing. And today, as we look at the story of the temptations of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 4, I hope, well, I hope that we find hope. That's a horrible sentence. But that's the only way I know how to say it. I hope that we can see where Jesus is showing us that there is hope for us today. We often feel like our hope has been misplaced. It feels like a false hope. But today, let's open the word and find out how God is showing us that we can have hope. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, if you like to read the screen, the verses will be on the screen. There's Bibles in the back. You can pull out your device. And when I say in the back, in the back of some of the chairs, um, if there's not one in front of you, ask, we'll get you one. But the Bible says, then Jesus, then referring to right after the baptism, some Gospels say immediately, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I have struggled with this verse. I have struggled with this verse because when I read it and I read other verses in the Bible about God's love, about God not being a part of evil, when I read this verse, I see the Spirit of God leading Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted. Does anybody else struggle with that? Does anybody else just read that and go, what's going on here? What is happening? Why, why is God doing this? I think the classic answer, and the answer I'm going to give you right now, is that in English... How many times does a pastor stand up here and tell you that English is just the worst language ever? Because in English, we don't get the power of what Greek is really saying. And that's the truth. And someday I want to stand up here and tell you that in English, it's exactly right. But not today. In English, it's not quite there. Because the word temptation here, to tempt, is 
can also mean, or maybe more accurately means, to test. Now, that's not the most hope-filled answer I think can be out there. But kind of jumping to the end, just with the prayer that Adrian prayed, I just want to point out again, thanking God for blessings and trials. And it just struck me. It struck me as we read about Jesus being led into the wilderness to be tested. Nobody likes to be tested. Last week, if you were here, um, this is going to be a moment of utter openness. Last week, if you were here, I talked about, um, I told a story about going for my lifeguarding and the fact that um, I think I was referencing holding my breath was a struggle. Um, Some of you asked, well, you never told us. How did you do? And I will tell you, I utterly failed. (laughs) It was not a pretty thing. Um, I was reminded that, hey, you can't just hop in the water after five years and expect to be able to do this. But I did not like the test. Because the test in the water, now granted, I did have the biggest Charlie horse in the middle of all of this, and it sort of sidelined me. Um, so that's what I like to hang my hope on, was the fact that my body failed me, not the fact that I'm just in the wrong sort of shape. Um, but whatever. <clears throat> I did not like the test, because the test that I took that day showed me where I was lacking. It showed me that, hey, dude, you've let your fitness slide just a little bit. You're not 18 when you can, you know, pretty much just go do anything, anything physical and just power through it. Because trust me, I was powering through as hard as I could and was still struggling. I did not like the test because it showed in me where I lacked and where I was failing. Students, you have just gone through the year of testing. You have finished school, you have wrapped things up, and all along you have been tested. Were you te- did you like your tests? Did you like your tests? No. No, they say, asking me why I would ever ask such an absurd question. We don't like tests, but yet God uses tests in our life. There's a story in Exodus chapter 20. Moses has just received the Ten Commandments, and in verse 20, Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. I firmly believe that God does not want to have us live a life of testing. God does not long to test us. However, God will test us to show us, to do whatever he can to show us where our life is at. And in the trials and in the test, Moses says that God is testing so that you may not sin. God wants nothing more than for us to be overcomers. God wants us to overcome, to learn. And God will use tests 
if he must. And so God, in his love for us, offers trials, offers opportunities for us to see where we stand. For us to see where it is that our lives at, so that we can look and say, wait a minute, my fitness, I've let it go. My abilities, my, my focus has gotten off, and I'm allowing sin in my life. God tests us so that we will not sin. So testing, temptation, Jesus goes out. Jesus goes out for 40 days, the Bible tells us. This is Matthew chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. And the Bible says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm sure that we've all heard and talked about and maybe thought about the temptations of Jesus. In this temptation, we learn several things about who Jesus was. At the end of 40 days, Jesus is hungry and thirsty and water has just spilled. Oh, you would not do that to a thirsty man. (laughs) Jesus is hungry And we look at this and rightly discern that this shows us that Jesus was human. We look at this and say, Jesus was afflicted, was challenged by the same things that we find challenging in our life. He was hungry. He needed food. He felt the weaknesses that we feel. And I think often we stop there and say his temptation was hunger because he was human, and that's the lesson that I can learn there. But I do not believe that hunger is the focus of the temptation. In fact, the temptation, I think, is much more sinister than that. When we look at the verse, it starts off, If you are the Son of God, the devil says, command that these stones become bread. What is the most important word that jumps out to you in that sentence? If. If you are the Son of God. Remember, 40 days earlier, the heavens had opened up The Spirit of God had descended like a dove. And the voice of God thundered and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The devil would have been present there. He would have seen that. But yet, 40 days later, the devil is challenging the identity of Jesus. 
Jesus is the Son of God. And Satan is challenging his identity. I've been struggling or just contemplating this week about this temptation. Because in my life, when I'm tempted to do things, most of the time it's 100% obvious that it's not a good thing that I'm wanting to do. But when I look at this temptation, Satan is challenging the identity of Jesus and is saying, if you are the Son of God, is there anything wrong being the Son of God? Could Jesus really, as a Son of God, really do anything that would be considered sin? The challenge here is that this temptation, this accusation, this challenge, challenges the very essence of who Jesus is. Jesus does have the power. Jesus could feed himself, create his own food. But Jesus chooses our identity, our condition, our circumstances to meet the temptation. As the Son of God, it would not have been wrong for Jesus to be the Son of God. But yet in meeting this challenge, Jesus was taking the place of us. Jesus was taking the place of our parents in the Garden of Eden who could not stand. Jesus was taking our place and saying, I am the Son of God, but I identify myself as the Son of Man. Because in his answer, Jesus says, It is written, Man shall not live. Jesus, in the moment of hunger, in the moment of the clashing of good and evil in that wilderness could have put an end to it right there and squashed Satan down. He could have said, yes, I am the Son of God, zap. And the devil would be no more. But that was not the mission. And that would not suffice. Jesus stood there claiming our identity and saying, I will resist this temptation by surrendering to God. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus took our identity. And because Jesus stood in our place, in our power, we can stand in His place with His power. This temptation is no different than what we face. Because when the accuser comes to us, the core of the challenge 
is our identity. He comes to us saying, if you were a child of God. And we get all confused and start to believe that, wait a minute, am I really a child of God? Is my identity really that of one who has been bought back? By Jesus. Is that really my identity? And our identity gets challenged and we forget just who we are. And we start to rely on our own power. And even though Jesus could stand in our place using our power, really using the power of God, we can't do that. We must stand knowing that we are children of God. And that identity is what allows us to say, I do not have to listen to you right now. And that is how we can stand in the test. The Bible is clear. God does not tempt us, but we will be tested. And when those tests and trials come our way, we must rely on the power of Jesus. We must rely on the, our identity in Jesus if we are to overcome. And the hope that we have today is from the fact that we can and do have access to that power because the victory of Jesus. The second temptation was exactly the same. It starts off saying, if you are the Son of God. It would not have been wrong for Jesus to say, yes, this is my world. These are my people. These are my children. I have bought them back. But in his infinite knowledge, he knew that even proving that, yes, I am the Son of God. He knew that would make it so that he was relying on his power alone and not showing us where we can draw power from through God. The Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When we meet those trials, when the accuser is there challenging our identity as a child of God, we just have to remind him and ourselves, no, I'm a new creation. Old things have gone away. They're, they're done. All things in my life have become new. When a person is tested, it is their readiness to commit wholly to God, which is on trial. To be obedient and to come out of the trial successfully is to count on God. Because Jesus in that wilderness stood in our place and relied on God, we now can stand in his place relying on his power to meet our temptations. Trials will come. I don't know if you're um, 
sports fans. I am a sports fan, and one of the hardest things I ever did was cut my cable cord and lose ESPN. Because I'm a firm believer that if it's on ESPN, it's a sport and it's worthy to be watched. Um, so I've watched some weird things in the name of sport. Um, even poker. I'm not going to lie. I somehow got sucked into that. But it's been interesting this past week, or month, actually the past 10 months really, because one particular NBA star made a decision to leave Oklahoma City and come out to play for the Golden State Warriors. KD, Kevin Durant, for those of you not in the know, but KD, for those of us who follow closely, um, came out and has been ridiculed and laughed at and mocked because he came out to join a team that was already the winning team. And by doing that, he set himself up saying, wait a minute, you can't do that. You're ruining basketball. I've listened to it countless times this week as I, as I drive back and forth in that long commute that I have that will soon be ending. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I've listened to sports commentators and go back and forth about the merits of Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors who were already champion caliber team, and they have said, this guy's doing it the wrong way. Friends, when we join the winning team of Jesus, trials and accusations will come our way because nobody wants to lose, most definitely the devil. And when we join Jesus' team, accusations will come at us. Trials will be placed in front of us because we have chosen to be on the winning team. The Warriors' one goal this year is to beat the Cavaliers because they beat them last year. And that's just what you do. The rest of basketball is trying to figure out how do we beat either of these teams. But because they're on the winning team, trials are coming their way. When we claim Jesus... Satan will attack. It happened to Jesus after his baptism. Boom, right in to be tempted. But we have hope. Remember, this all started with the conversation about hope. And we have hope in the victory of Jesus. Paul in Romans writes, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. The trials that we go through now, the temptations that we endure the tests that come our way. We have victory because God has promised that when we persevere, when we develop character, we will have hope knowing that we rest in the hands of Jesus.
Colossians, another excellent text on hope. I love this verse. Now hope does not disappoint. Oh, this is, oh, whoops, Romans 5. I cut off too quick. Let me go back and just finish this off. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Spirit that we talked about last week given to us gives us the hope that we need to know that we can endure our trials. Now in Colossians, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When Christ is in us, when Christ's victory resides in us, it produces hope and it gives us the hope of glory. Another story to kind of help show the power of hope. There was a large school system in a, in a city that used substitute teachers or teachers to go into hospitals to kind of help keep sick kids from falling too far behind. Um, one day a, a teacher was asked to go in and study, um, study nouns and adverbs with a student who had been in the hospital for a while. The teacher went to see the boy. No one had mentioned that he had been badly burned and was in great pain. When she saw him, she just became upset and said, I've been sent to teach you about nouns and adverbs. All the while just being, feeling awful that this kid was in that position and here she was trying to teach him nouns and adverbs. The next day... She came back, and the nurses of the hospital ran up to her and were like, what did you do to that boy? And she was kind of taken back and began to apologize. And the nurse, no, 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 no. The nurses were like, we've been so worried about that little boy. But ever since yesterday, his whole attitude changed. He's fighting back. He's responding to treatment. It's as though he decided to live. Two weeks later, the boy explained that he had completely given up hope until the teacher arrived. Everything changed with a simple realization. They wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? He was given hope, and the hope changed who he was. Our hope comes from having Jesus in us. Our hope comes from resting in the hands of Jesus. This week I was given the perfect illustration of what it means to be in the hands of the Master. On Monday, I had the opportunity, first time in months, to go fishing. And not only go fishing, but go with a buddy of mine and a buddy of his that could essentially be a fishing guide. He's that good. And so I was excited to learn. And we, we go up to a lake outside of Redding up in the mountains, a little 12-acre lake. Not a huge thing. We're in rowboats, and we go out 
and he's tied specific flies, and they're like, these things are amazing. And we go out and start to fish, work on my cast because it's been a few months, and try and get that fly out there and start stripping it in, doing it again. My buddy catches a fish. The other buddy has caught two. They catch more. I continue to work to get the fly out as far as I could, bring it in. Nothing. I was having zero success. Well, my friend had caught like maybe six or seven fish, and the other guy, I hadn't even stopped counting because it was discouraging. I started to think that there's no way this is me. This isn't my problem. This has to be my equipment. So we go over to the guide, and we're like, could you just check this out? Just make sure that my setup is right, that something isn't wrong. I hand my rod over to him. He makes it go about 30 feet farther than I've been able to get it, which if you fly fish, you know the struggle. He gets that fly out there. Bang. Fish on. (laughs) That fish wiggles off. He's like, oh, we'll try it again. Bang. Fish on, and not only a fish on, a fish so big that it actually broke my tackle off. So we had to tie a new fly on. And out again, fish on. Three in a row. He finally casts it out there and says, here. And would you know it, I hooked a fish. I was reminded That even when we think, or let me say it this way, when we rely on our own strength, when we rely on our own power, it is not going to happen for us. But when we put ourselves in the hands of the Master, when we allow Jesus to influence our lives, when we allow Jesus to use our gifts, when we allow Jesus to say, I can do this, just come over here, I want to use you, when we are in the Master's hands, great things will happen. When we are in the Master's hands, there is hope. When we are yoked with Jesus, working with Him in His power, there is hope. Friends, my question, as we meet trials, as we meet tests, are we in the Master's hands? Let's pray. Lord, we want nothing more than to live in the knowledge of hope. Hope that will help us get through those times when we can't see a way out. But Lord, we know that when we live in the Master's hands, when we allow you to use us, we can stand in your place because of your victory. We can stand in your place because of your sacrifice. We can stand in your place because you were the Lamb. 
slain for our sins. So Lord, fill us with that hope. May we latch on to that so that as we go through this week, we can meet victoriously the trials that will be placed before us. We thank you that we have hope and we ask these things in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.